0: Welcome to this ninth episode of the Care Exchange, the Skills for Out podcast for managers in social care. I'm Pierre Raftier-Burton.
1: And I'm Ali Rustbridge.
0: So we've talked before about how we're really keen to talk to managers that work across social care and we've so far talked to managers that worked in elderly care, worked with people with learning disabilities, physical disabilities and people with autism.
1: So today we're talking to Azad Juri, who's a mental health nurse and is the registered manager of Parkview, which is a residential care home for people with enduring mental health issues.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to Azad and finding out more. So stay tuned and join the show. Hi, Azad. Thanks very much for joining us today.
2: Yeah, thank you for for inviting me.
0: We really, really appreciate you spending time with us. I know you're really, really busy. So um, I always ask this as a first question. Um, so what was your journey into your current role?
2: Um, I first came to England when I was 19, and that was to train to become an English teacher um, okay. in the uh, in Regis. Yeah. And okay. in the first year of my study, I was there for seven years to study. And uh, after the first year, I was offered to work in a care home, um, part-time work at a weekend um, as a care assistant. And it was a mental health care home. And I worked there throughout the whole years of my study. And that's how I got into uh, mental health. And when I graduated, um, I went back to my country, um, Malaysia and taught in a school for two years. And then I was told that um, there was project 2000 and I could apply to do uh, mental health nursing and I thought, yeah I did enjoy that more than teaching. Okay. And um, I came back and trained and carried on working in the same place. And then um, until I, I got my nurse, yeah, my nursing qualifications.
0: Uh, okay.
2: Yeah. And Fine. after that, I work in West Sussex manager supported accommodation and then at the same time uh, I was also working in a new service that originally started as an independent hospital and then it became a nursing home and then um, I became the deputy manager there and um, I went to work in an older people's uh, nursing home in West Sussex as well for 60 people then I came back to where I'm currently working now and I've been managing there for over 10 years. Wow,
0: mm. so quite a while. Mm. So, tell, so um, tell me a little bit about, about Parkview.
2: Right, Parkview Care Home is a small care home in, um, with capacity for 10 but we have eight bedrooms so with single occupancy so we have eight residents. Um, yeah. It has always been um, designed as a recovery rehab, rehabilitation care home. Yeah. Um, it, it is a sister home to Usher nursing home which is uh, another service that is currently owned by McLeod Pinson Care Homes Limited and, and that has 17 beds. So we work together
0: right.
2: uh, with the nursing home and um, Parkview so that when people uh, get better in their journey of recovery so from the nursing home they can come to us
0: right? and then
2: from part view they can go to supported living independent living or living on their own or people can come directly from hospital or from wherever
0: okay so you are sort of the 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 service you move on to in, in part of recovery yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. so that, kind of that part, that part, part of the path recovery pathways for people okay. who are experiencing okay um,
0: okay and I'm really interested to kind of go back a bit, this, uh, you know, obviously being a teacher and then uh, training as a mental health nurse. It sounds like you, when when you, when you train as a mental health, health nurse that you only really worked in social care. Is that right?
2: Yes, yes. I worked I work in social care and it was a conscious decision uh, because I had many opportunities to work in health, to work in hospital, you know, at various points. I felt that, um, oh, maybe I should have, Good done, like work for the NHS. Many people yeah. say that like, you work for the NHS, mm-hmm. uh, get better pensions. You when you work in at social care, it's a private sector, yeah. so it's kind of very different. Um, but I'm I'm quite glad that I have done that because it's led me to where I am now. Yeah. Um,
0: so really conscious decision to stay in social care or continue to work in social care. Because obviously, you were doing it before you. Yeah,
2: yeah. And a few years ago, I had perhaps what we call a burnout or kind of, uh, yeah. you know blip, and and there was a point when I was considering whether to leave uh, social care uh, yeah. to leave a manager's position or to go into to work for the NHS um and I was offered um, to, to, to be interviewed for for uh, uh, an, an NHS service yeah uh, but I decided to stay in such a care uh, because I think when you know your your industry
0: yeah then
2: you know what's broken you know what needs to be changed and w- what can, what needs to be done about it so it gives you a bit more credibility when you talk about things that needs to be done
0: yeah yeah sounds really interesting and you know i, 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 I it's always really interesting to talk to nurses who make who makes that decision of 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 choosing social care, Uh, you know, obviously, I spent a lot of time talking about how great it is to work in social care, (laughs) particularly for registered nurses. But it's really interesting to hear your kind of your your reason for for doing so. Um, So thank you. So you've set up a charity. The charity is mainly focused on recovery and providing opportunities for people to improve and recover. Um, And also part of the charity is also to have a community collaboration where you have volunteers to come into the service to provide services such as playing the piano. Um, and also, the charity also gains donations from the local community, such as furniture that's used to improve the service. And then finally, there's an element of where the charity celebrates the great work that, that your staff are doing as part of that recovery for the people you're supporting. You do something special for your staff with a gala dinner.
2: The gala dinners are kind of the big thing because I believe that if we show appreciation to uh, not just meant to have care home staff but any care home staff then it gets to, to stay in the work. You know we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. we're always losing experience, knowledgeable people, and therefore that's part of the problem that I think the recovery doesn't happen yeah. because we're losing the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. But if people are um are uh, 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 appreciated more so the gala dinner is like one night where we really pamper the carers like massage uh, wow. prizes they get to the kind of they are celebrated so that kind of okay. i think helps them to want to stay and then that uh, if staff retention is better staff recruitment is better then i think that can improve any service yeah.
1: hmm.
2: people kind of see like uh, communities outside but actually, we are community, the yeah. residents are part of the yeah. community, so yeah. people tend to forget that, and I think the yeah. residents tend to be forgotten, so I think that when we do this kind of thing, um, I think that it, it, it puts a bit of a, a um, um, spotlight on, on yeah, the mental health, and, and 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 we also got some funding, we were fortunate enough, I think because of the, the passion and believe that i have about what needs to be done so we, we we are very fortunate enough to get the funding to deliver motivational interviewing training to all the uh frontline care home staff in sussex that's how we, we begin with because i think that if we equip our frontline care staff with the knowledge on how to motivate our service users to stick to their care plans to yeah. take the medication mm. their independent living, and that that will improve the chances of them uh, achieving recovery. Because this is currently, I think was only uh, focused, the training is only focused on social social care, uh, social workers and registered nurses. So I noticed that over the years that whenever that uh, care staff have difficulties to get somebody, a resident to do something, you, you, you call the practitioner, the care coordinator, yeah. and then the care coordinator, practitioner will come in and as if by magic, you know, manage to get the resident yeah. do most thing. Well, the magic that they use is actually using motivational interviewing. Yeah. And that's a skill that many frontline carehomes have. So hopefully this training can enable people with the skill. And I think if people feel that they're equipped with the right job, better job satisfaction, uh, with the better training, then yeah. So hopefully yeah. it can improve recovery.
0: So you talked about stress already in terms of, yeah. your, kind of your own experience. So, you know, and we know that it can be really, really stressful for managers and, 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 the, and the frontline staff. So how do you support your staff to reduce stress in the workplace?
2: Okay. I think good communication, good relationship and good understanding and and having an open culture. So for for a long time I have always uh, enable people to talk about um, any issues. The supervision, you know, uh, always talk about things not just uh, at work and things also at home because this does impact in how they are at work. Um, for many many years uh, since I became a manager, I made a conscious decision decision that if someone disclosed that they have a mental health when they apply for a job, that that's not going to be a reason because I, I think many people kind of felt, oh, how can somebody who who has mental condition become a a a, a, a carer? I mean, this is something that kind of people just make assumption. It's unspoken, but people can just not that, you know. But I just thought, why not? You know, if people have their own living experience, they yeah. can give insight, and they will understand why 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 we need to do things. That we will have the perspective that a service user will have, yeah. so that's why it's important to, to talk about stress at work and to do things. Right. You know, we at work we do um, things that not just for the residents. Many care home just do activities for the residents, and I try to include the staff as well. So, um, in in when we had the lockdown, when we didn't have um, our therapists or other people coming in, so we would do meditation. Um, um, you, know, you do
0: that all as a staff team and the people.
2: Yeah, and I said to the staff, leave whatever that you do, you you do it yeah. just for half an hour. You know, if you, okay. you if you can, or full hour if you can, you know, uh, switch off the phone. And you know, just put dancing machine on, back in the the living room, and put some nice smells and put some nice lighting, dim lighting, and let just have, sometimes guided, sometimes, and just give that. Time for people to kind of relax a, li- a little bit it's important to it for the staff because if staff is stressed when they've been working 12 hours yeah. that's going to be projected to the residents yeah. residents are going to pick them up people might not realize this but as human beings we can pick up how other uh people's moods are you know if, if a service is a notice that this person's i'm really be bothered to yeah. to to get my dinner and you know so people needs to feel really, really good. So so we do that and I have the WhatsApp group with my staff so they can contact me at any time when they need to. And and we just, you know, um and and, and run things like properly, you know, the good HR policies and procedures, because that's important. They're there to, to to support everyone's rights. And you know, yeah. so that people in the yeah. so just, so that there's no bullying, that kind of thing. Okay.
0: So, and dancing is really
2: important to you. Oh, that, Yeah, so, so, so yeah, let's talk about is, dancing. Is, is
0: that <laughs> is that is that, in, is that incorporated in the in the home as well?
2: Oh yes. One one thing that I noticed because um, when I had my 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 I I was prescribed medication, I didn't want to take them, so um, I was introduced to Bollywood dancing, and I picked it okay. up and. And I still do it, and and for some reason, it, it gave me um, courage, it gave me, it was the therapy that I needed for some reason, I didn't understand yeah. why, how, um, so I just did it, and, but it made me feel better, um, yeah. and the the lively music, you know, moving, exercise, that's the only exercise, like one hour of, in a week that, yeah. you know, that I would do,
0: yeah.
2: and... And, and that sounds
0: really, really help you, your stress. Because I was going to ask it, you about it, it how re- you manage
2: your stress. Yes, like, it really did. Exactly yes. what so, you're doing. Yes, dancing. So now I do a lot of uh, different kind of dancing. Um, and and I brought the dancing to, to the care homes. And I, I realised as well that uh, in many care homes, dancing is not one of the regular activities. Yeah. Mm. And yet we're having a lot of issues with falls and um, um, and and... In, in Sussex particularly we try to improve that. So I got involved with the false prevention service with a healthy lifestyle. And I think the key is to get more physical movements, exercises and dancing uh, in the care home. So so I've done that. Um
0: sounds really, really good. And I really like Kind of identifying something that's going to help you to relieve stress, because I think you know it is a stressful job, and you've clearly mm. f- felt that personally. But being able to find something that's going to really mm. kind of make changes to you to your own well-being, um, and then passing that gift mm. on or passing that on to to the people you're working with, both the people you're supporting, but also your workforce, I really really like that. That's a that's a, that's you know sounds sounds amazing.
2: Early on, we set up a weekly peer supervision that was facilitated by the students from scotland and and that really helped and 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 we are exploring that a little bit more now uh, um, offering supervision for managers especially in the in the care sector um, if you only work for a, um, a small organizations usually there isn't enough people there to give you clinical supervision, or supervision. and i think a lot of managers are working without supervision and yes. then that's very important. So that's yeah. that's also something because I think when you absorb a lot of stress,
0: yeah. I think
2: you need to talk with somebody that can that's, offer that auto offload and absolutely. do that.
1: Are you going to set up a peer Bollywood dancing session?
2: Uh, <laughs> no, that would be but I, oh, actually talking about that, I'm 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 mm-hmm. I've got a project perhaps which I will pick up. I I had this idea two years ago, but. I had so many things, but the, the the project is to combine Bollywood dancing with uh, eye movement therapy, mm. and funny oh. enough, I was in a, a conference this morning and somebody else was talking about the benefits of dancing and talking about EMDR, and I said, oh, actually, I've got this idea about uh... combining uh, Bollywood dancing. In Bollywood dancing, there's a lot of hand movements wow. and to represent... Uh, so when you are not able to speak and to talk, which many people cannot do when you have depression and, you know, and then your body can do the talking for you. Mm. And, it, and in EMDR, there's, you move your eyes left and right, left and right and follow the fingers. So this could be combined, I think, so that it, it could be the alternative to yoga and meditation. It'll be more lively, and, but it'll have its, its beneficial yeah. skills
0: sounds like you you have so many ideas about how to make improvements both to the service you know to the people you're supporting and to your workforce and to yourself that mm. and everybody else all the managers are around you as well that you're really that's really important to you that yeah. you keep coming up with new ideas and and mm. trying them and if they don't work that's fine you try something else and you keep keep coming up with new ideas. that seems to be really important to you is that right
2: i think we don't really use enough. I personally didn't use enough my 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 brain. I think before I think it was uh, my life before was about working and then having a good time. Really, kind of like you know you live yeah. with Brighton, so it's yeah. kind of about party, party, party. So I come up with too many ideas. Other some people cannot do with ideas.
0: I think it's really good and I always you know I always think it's really good to to kind of think you know I've got all these ideas you know and and you're sort of spreading them out and some of them will come back and people saying I don't think that's going to work but you know you're going to find things that's going to work and you're going to try things and sometimes it's by accident um and then you know that amazing idea leads on to something else and suddenly you've you've, uh, you've created something something really really good. It sounds um, sounds really really good. I know it's really important to you to raise awareness around LBTQ+ in mm. adult social care. Why is that important? you know why, why, and is it something that's sort of kind of missing up to now or what, what do you think?
2: I think there's a big hole in the provisions for LGBTQ in adult social care. Yeah. as as some uh, as someone who has kind of seen in 20 years in different sector of care and what the provisions are as someone who lives in the LGBTQ community uh, looking at what people didn't have access to what people um, um, would like to have but not in the position to do anything mm-hmm. and and visiting homes and when it's clear to me that someone is uh, perhaps felt ignored and perhaps felt invisible mm-hmm. um but not to others um and and i've seen people who and i, I think in the sector people don't talk about personal relationships and sexuality mm-hmm. you know, the index can you know and as a general rule you know, once you go into a care home, you know, sex sexuality, that's it, you know, we did not talk yeah. about and but unfortunately that also means that people's gender, orientation, all those things are also ignored. You know, people don't like to talk about those things. So people become invisible. Yeah. And I still hear a story. When people hear that I'm a care home manager and they will say, Oh, they've hosted they have they have a friend or somebody that went into a care home, they have to go into the closet. This shouldn't be happening. Um and yeah, so I think that's important to kind of um, um, raise, um, make homes a bit more inclusive, you know, actively make homes a bit more inclusive, which we, which we have done in Parkview. Um, and just to make it so that people know that it's safe to be themselves. I think that's important because if you cannot be yourself, you cannot be true to yourself, then how can you reach your best potential? Yeah. And... And we've seen this happen like, in the in the home because by changing the atmosphere, by actively changing the atmosphere, a lot of rainbow colors, a lot of um uh, inclusivity. And you know, I had a resident that have lived there for um more than fifteen years that came out of the closet and told her about um uh, her, yeah, it was like, how can we miss that? How can I miss that? Yeah. um we a few years ago we had uh, a very young person who came to live with us and he's undergoing um gender reassignment and that's become a really really big learning for us um and 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 it helped me to kind of really understand what I needed to change for the service to kind of make it uh better for this uh resident you know in terms of staff and how staff uh, use the pronouns how stuff deal with not just their sexuality and gender assignment but also their mental health
0: yeah
2: that might also be related to the fact that either they are I'm um, um, um doing a gender assignment and it's all kind of quite interlinked and that's kind of triggered my own journey as well and yeah. and and that's been really positive too because when you are visible then then you people notice, then you, you, it gives you the the, the ticket. To kind of talk about how to kind of do things better. So I've given um, a, a talk at the local. Um, uh, um, a whole forum, how you know, to raise awareness.
1: That's great, and and really good to hear. As you're saying, it's so the, the bottom line. There is for people to be themselves, isn't it, and not feel that mm-hmm. they have to pretend to be who they're not. So, nice. thanks for that. Um, We always ask people to tell us if they've got a story or experience that you always tell people. So, if you've got a go-to story, it could be either you tell people um, your friends or or at work. What's your go-to story?
2: Um. I I thought about the f- different things that I could say, but something that always kind of starts to me. So m- many years ago when I worked in this mental care home in Ridges, um, is, um, I've always liked cooking and, and cooking is something that I do in my spare time too. Um, uh, one resident in the care home said, add lemon curd when you're making sweet and sour sauce. Really? And I said, no, that's not how we do. <laughs> Sweet and sour sauce. We don't put lemon curd, you know. And I'm Malaysian, and I I know how to do a sweet and sour sauce. But one day I did try it, and 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 it really does improve the sweet and sour sauce. So until today, you know, I always put lemon curd into my my sweet and sour <laughs> sauce. Ah. I know it's kind of but I think the point about that is I think this. I was a resident service user. I just like it, so we can also learn from them it's not just yeah. we providing care but we can also learn that was something that i really learned then that you know i don't just they're not just a patient they're not just a yeah. service user you know they're just people and you what they say counts you know and you can actually make use of what they say
1: yeah. so that's a brilliant example of yeah how important yeah, it is absolutely. to treat people as people yeah. with all sorts yeah. of knowledge and skills that's brilliant yeah, i like absolutely. that
0: Absolutely. And I'll have
1: to try it. <laughs> yeah, <definitely>, yeah. <laughs> Top tip for the podcast. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we, we want to know is, uh, you know, you've come across as, as absolutely, you know, full of ideas and passion for the, the mental health field. But what do you really, really love about what you do? I mean, you, you moved into mental health. You chose to not work mm. in other aspects. So you must love it. What is it that you really love about your work?
2: Thing, uh, helping others and I think my motto now is, is just be the best that you can be because if you can be if you can be honest to yourself then if you love yourself you know, after you've been honest with yourself and then you can just do whatever and then that's very important live your life the way that, that you can and in my work that's what we're trying to do and get people to kind of be able to do things that they would like to do. Because once you do that, then they can have a fulfilled life. That's very important. Sounds yes. like a, a great motto to have for your work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you can be your best. Yep, definitely. Okay. Everybody <laughs> can be their best.
1: But it sounds like it's not just something that you save for work. It's something that you live yourself. And I think that's come across really? in what you've been saying. You're living uh, what you're doing. It's, uh, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah, it's cool. um, we, we've got a t- what we call a time for care slot. So, you know, as a manager in, in a very stressful um, type of work uh, where you've got so many demands on your time, what, what's your most time-saving tip that you'd, um, you'd offer up to other managers? What, what makes you able to manage all the demands of the day? How do What's
2: you- up? WhatsApp yep. WhatsApp okay. is a lifesaver. <laughs> Gone were the days when you have to write messages in the communication book, you know, and then whatever. Thing. Okay, so WhatsApp gives the communication to everybody, and you can read, you can see who's read the, the messages, and you can see who's. Read. And then I- instead of writing long memos to the staff, I do videos. So okay. we'll do short okay. videos at work. I've just checked the my charts today and there are many gaps, you know, the, you know this is like, and then just send the videos, but sometimes it's something like that, but sometimes it's something that's a bit more uh, catchy, something funny, something um, that people will remember because they can't say they haven't seen it because I said, remember that time when I did this, 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 say, yeah, because nobody else, you just can't. Uh, avoid it, but I think that's good. in In the world nowadays, when there's so much information overload from social media, from your smartphone, mm. from your TV, from the radio, and everything, people have too much information. So, whatever information that we want to give to the staff, needs to stand out, needs to be memorable, so that they remember to sign the marchers the next time they're the yeah. communication <laughs> Wow, oh. I love I love that. So, yeah. uh,
0: Ellen, I both really love technology. So, having a WhatsApp group with your with your staff and mm-hmm. within that you are recording live video or videos yeah. of yourself reminding them or telling them you know you remember to do this or maybe telling them something something a bit funny to uplift them yeah. to, to use that as a as a medium you're consciously yeah. thinking this is my communication with my workforce I love that and as you say you can see on mm, WhatsApp yeah. if somebody's read that or not so you yeah, know exactly who's yeah, keeping that on yeah. top of your communication or not. Yeah.
2: Do, during the pandemic, you know, there was so much information right, yeah. you know, we were getting bombarded with emails and all those things and there were things for the staff as well but doesn't but that mean that you, the you know, whatever emails or oh, there's going to be kind of seminar for staff, that means you're going to have to translate that into some yeah print that out, give it to the yeah. staff, and then make sure that each staff can see that. But and that, you know, but not all staff will look at the notice board, not all staff will look at the community. So now I just do it by, by. Um, I will convert the emails, uh, whatever things, uh, information on the email, and I will just copy and paste and put it in WhatsApp. So then yeah. then people can uh, can get access to that, so, you know, link to Zoom or whatever, so people can access to that. And... Um, and Good. what I also found was um, was that by using WhatsApp that, you know, you can go back to kind of things quite yeah. easily, quite quickly. Yeah. You can look you can, at and the media yeah. storage.
0: And you can search and stuff, can't you? And, it, and yeah. it's
1: great that you, when you're recording videos, it's that personal touch as well. It's not yeah. just the, the yeah. written thing. It's that you're talking yeah. to them. That sounds yeah. great. That's, yeah really helpful thank you so so your hardest task if you like is to think about everything you've said and you you have explained so much about the way in which you work and and your commitment to to making people you know live the best life they can are you, are you able to sort of think of three words that sum up the main messages that you would give you know what what would you say would describe what you've said it's a kind of uh, offer to the listener to to leave them with something to think about Quite hard in three words.
2: (laughs) Uh, Can there be three separate words?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So the first one, I think, would be courage. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, You need the courage to do things. If you believe your instinct, your gut, you just do it. Yeah. Um, And then um, passion. You need to be passionate about what you do, your work. You need to be passionate about your life. Um, because if you if you don't really love what you're doing then what what's the point really mm-hmm. um, and the last one you know honesty
0: yeah
2: Be honest with yourself um, I think that's that's important because you need to be able to look at yourself and and see you, and not see the you that you would like to see. You know, you need to kind of accept. You look in the mirror and see, yeah, my hair looks nice today, and whatever. Okay? But also, you need to accept, yeah, but the wrinkles are coming in there. You know, <laughs> you need, stress. <laughs> you know, and your your lifestyle is not good, or you you're letting life affecting you. And then it needs to be able to admit to ourselves that we have faults yeah. and weakness. And until we can do that nothing you know we might be in a dream thinking that we're the greatest gifts you know but we're not there's always room for improvement
0: yeah
1: thank you those three brilliant words to end on
0: absolutely i love them yeah so thank you so much you have been so honest and exactly one of your your three words you've been so honest and open about your experience as as a manager um working in in mental health has been fascinating to her and i've learned so much mm. so thank you so much for your time today thank you You're
1: very much thanks well. a lot
0: bye 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 wow ellie I'm, I'm absolutely blown away by that conversation yeah. so much to think about and reflect on it really was an, an, a, 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 an astonishing and an interesting conversation with us yeah, it was yeah the thing that really I uh, really, really struck to me was how skilled and knowledgeable that staff group, both ASAD, ASAD and the people who are working in that service at Parkview have to have. They really need to learn so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it really made me think about the we've got this mental health page on the Skills for Care website and it has the mental health core skills and education and training framework that really outlines the skills and knowledge the staff that needs to have their work in mental health services
1: Mm, and 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 i think the way that as i was able to really help the the staff develop their skills doing things like the motivational interviewing um training uh, really good and and such an important work that they're doing i was also struck um with azar's uh real commitment to enabling people to be the best person they can and to be themselves and, and that inclusivity um, yeah. aspect around uh, around that. And that reminded me, I was involved in, in the work that we did in skills care around confident with difference. And the fact that it's so important to ensure that when working in the sector, we don't make any assumptions about somebody's identity and we're really able to understand them as a person and who they are and who they uh, want to be and that we're not, um, you know driving people back into the closet which yeah. um, was one of the examples given yeah. and i know that we worked with opening doors london an incredible group of, of volunteers who help um help people think about the importance of being aware of somebody's sexual identity and and really being able to be inclusive and, and equal and that that video that they've produced and the videos that we've got on our confident with difference on our equality diversity and inclusion page i think they're really well worth a look and yeah. you know echoed a lot of what as i was saying there
0: and we know that at CQC are, are looking at, at, at that as well when they're Absolutely, expecting yeah. and they really do have an expectation that you do provide a, an inclusive service. And I think those resources there on the website are, are so helpful for that. And just making you think and have an open conversation with your workforce and the people you're supporting about what yeah. can we do to change the culture and be a really inclusive service. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the other thing, and I, I have to mention this because you know I, I love WhatsApp. So you do. <laughs> I, I absolutely loved when when Asad talked about uh, the WhatsApp group and how that's used at Parkview and and how important it is for that culture and communication within the within the staff yeah, yeah. you know what a great way you know recording messages yeah um to say you know this is this is you know this is well found this is what i'd like you to do about it or you know funny things or just what a great way to do it you know i i, I absolutely loved it so we do have a whatsapp uh, guide on on the skills for care website which Gives you really good ideas about how to use WhatsApp. There's so many functions within WhatsApp that you can use, um, um, you know, and and lots of ideas about how to make changes and, and use it as as part of your uh, workforce communication uh, strategy. So yeah. really, really great stuff so yeah. thank you very much for listening today
1: join us because uh, our next episode oh, yes. is our last one in the series so it we is. hope that you'll join us for our 10th episode which will be the end of our series one
0: yes we're really excited about that um and yeah look for hopefully you will find that interesting yeah please do join us for the next episode
1: bye bye